Welcome to Living Hope Podcasts. If you want to learn more about Living Hope and our ministries, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca. We hope you appreciate today's message. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke chapter 24. And together we're going to read verses 13 to 35. Um, Brother Matt asked me to give a little bit of an update for us or an introduction. And, uh, you know, Patty and I, we've lived in the Fraser Valley for 30, 30 years um, and five years in Southern California. Um, seven of those were as an electrical engineer in my younger years, and then the last 28 years has been as a pastor. And uh, at the end of October, my, um, my time as a pastor came to a conclusion. I was serving at New Life for about eight years. And I found myself uh, last year at the end of October saying, what now, Lord? And today we're um, looking at walking with Jesus in this passage. And, you know, uh, Pastor Steve and Pastor Ken, I consider friends. And sometimes when pastors talk, we, we kind of uh, are honest and say, you know, sometimes when we preach, we preach to ourselves. And hopefully it benefits others too. And, you know, a lot of changes in our life um, with some of it comes with some hardship, and some of it comes with some times of victory. But that's what it's like to live uh, in, this, in God's earth and live his ways. Um, so uh, these days, uh, in January, I started working with a construction company in Chilliwack, helping them with their business operations. Um, I'm a retired pastor now. Um, I'm too young to be retired, retired, but retired from ministry anyways. So I'm glad to be here uh, this, this morning to um, open God's word with you. You know, Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Amen. And his believers like you have walked with him for thousands of years. And they report that he's alive. He's with us. He's with them. And every time you experience victory, you're, he's there to praise. Every time there is pain, you can go to him and he's present. He knows all about us, both our weaknesses and our brokenness. The things that we're too scared to say about ourselves, he knows them already. And he invites us into a, an intimate walking um, relationship with him on a day-to-day, step-by-step. Sometimes the path of life is, 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 is just a nice journey and on, on a summer day, and other days it's filled with, with a lot of difficulty and a lot of hardship and obstacles. Um, people have, have, have reported that they put their complete faith in him, and this morning he's here, he's with us, and that um, brings us together as his people. But not everyone experiences Jesus in this way. Some will attempt or try or say they tried to walk with him and be disappointed. They are unable to hear his voice, they say. They don't like what the scriptures say. They're confused about who he is and what he's about. And this experience of walking with Jesus is something they don't want to do. They'd rather choose their own path. And for them, there is something profoundly different that's happening. Something is off. And so this morning, let's open the scriptures, hear God's voice, and see what the scriptures tell us about how today to walk meaningfully with Jesus. Let's read verses 13, and we're going to go right through to verse 35. Now that same day, um, which by the way is the day of resurrection, this is Easter Sunday, the first Easter Sunday, so hours really after Jesus has risen from the dead, exited the grave, he began to be on the move. 
On the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. So they're walking from Jerusalem to this place called Emmaus. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And they talked and discussed these things with each other. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. So you could see that they're, they're walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus on a path, and a person joins with them. They don't realize it's Jesus, but it is. And Jesus asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Great question. Jewish people love to ask questions. They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him another question. Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? Jesus asked. Well, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of the women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but, but now they do not see him. Jesus said to them, how foolish are you? And how slow of heart to believe. All the prophets had spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And begin with Moses and all the prophets. He explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. It's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in and stayed with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when he walked and talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures? Then he got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. They got up and returned once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It's true. The Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Let's pray. Jesus, your life and the account of your death and resurrection, there's no story that comes close to the power, to the meaning, and also the mystery of it all. Uh, we're grateful to read your words. Speak to our hearts. Help us to walk with you today and tomorrow and in the future. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Walking with God, you know, is a well-developed theme within Scripture. All through Scripture, you see this idea of walking with God and God inviting his people to walk with him. Genesis 3.8, it starts, it says, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden that day. So we're introduced to God early in Scripture as one who walks in his garden in this time. 
Genesis 17.1, this is God and Abraham now, and God, Ab- God invites Abraham to walk before him. He says, I am God Almighty. Walk before me, Abraham. Leviticus 26.12 says, and God is now speaking not just to Abraham, but to all his people. He says, he says um, I will walk among you and be your God, and you will be my people. What a beautiful text. And then later in the Psalms, as God's people have developed and have seen the ups and downs of life, he comes to them and he says to them, you know, as you walk through this valley, this life, this journey that I'm on, he says this in verse 3, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches Israel will not slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. This idea that as you travel with God, he is there and he guides your steps. He won't even let your foot slip. He's with you. Now, this passage, which speaks about Jesus walking with others, says this in verse 13 to 15. We'll read it again. Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. Jesus himself. What a beautiful thing. You know, walking with Jesus is part of our relationship with him. Um, It's what we do in this life. We wake up and we take a step, if we can. But the journey of faith, where we follow God and submit our lives and go forward in this life together, is like a journey of walking with Jesus. But how does it work? It's a great theory. It's a great idea. It's a theological idea that speaks well in Scripture. But what are some of the things we can learn practically about this? I'm a bit of a practical guy, so I like to break it down. Our passage shows us um, there's about four things. So hang with me here this, uh, this morning, and we'll walk through them. Uh, the first thing that, w- that we notice to walk with Jesus himself is we realize that there's more to life than what we can see. There's more to life than what we can hear. And there's more than, you know, what we can feel. There is this life, but there's more to it than what we can perceive. Cleopas and his friends were walking from Emmaus to Jerusalem, but they were discouraged. They had lost hope. The two of them were in deep conversation about what had happened in Jerusalem the last few days. That Jesus was handed over for crucifixion, that he died, they hoped he was going to be the one that scripture was going to talk, that talked about, that was going to redeem them, their country, their people, redeem Israel. He was crucified, and now it's been three days since, and, and he, where he was buried, they didn't find his body, they were confused, and they were talking about this, and then Jesus himself walks up next to them. They didn't know it was him. And then this is what Jesus asked them as he joins with them. He says, uh, what are you discussing? as you walk along. He just wants to join in, it seems. They stood still. They're not walking now. Their face is downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened in these, in these last days? In other words, where have you been? Don't you know? All these terrible things. What things? Jesus asked. Knowing they were discouraged It's like Jesus saying to them, what are you discouraged about? 
So they gave their version of what happened. You know, that's often like we do. And it was a genuine account, you know. Uh, but they were missing something important. You know, the sequence of events. You know, there's this Jesus, and he was a beautiful teacher and a rabbi, and he healed people. He talked about the kingdom of God, and then he got into trouble. And then our chief priests, they, they, they took him, and, and they arrested him. They crucified him terribly. He was buried. We know he was. And then now his body's gone out of a grave. And, you know, they've given up hope and they were discouraged. They were discouraged on Resurrection Day, the greatest day in history. They were discouraged. So let me ask, what are you discouraged or disappointed about in this time of your faith? We've been living in the victory of the resurrection for thousands of years. What do you at this time, discouraged about. Are things different today than you think they should be? Perhaps. Is your life perhaps different than what you had hoped it was going to be a few years ago? Cleopas and his friends were discouraged. They saw reality now, and it wasn't what they thought, and they were discouraged. How are you today with it? You know, Jesus came and gave then to Cleopas and his friends his version of what happened, how he saw it. He informed their reality with his understanding. And we learn then that so much of walking with Jesus is that we need to see things how he sees them. He says in verse 26 to 27, did not the Christ have to suffer these things? Then enter his glory. And with beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he gave his own sort of like exegesis of the Old Testament of what happened concerning himself. Notice Jesus sees reality as God's reality, and he's showing Cleopas and his friends and us through the scriptures, the answers are there, what was really going on for them, what they were missing. He was filling in the blanks. And this is important for us as we journey to notice because there's more going on in this life than what we realize, what we see, hear, and feel. We lack God's perspective, his understanding. We don't have it fully. You may be discouraged today, but there's more going on. There's more hope. There's more good that's occurring than what we can see and realize and what we can perceive. Cleopas and his friends did the best they could. They were talking about it, discussing about it with the limited knowledge they had. For they lacked the key that would unlock the prophetic scriptures for them. And it was this. The Messiah must suffer and die. He would rise from the dead, defeat sin, death, and hell, and then enter his glory. And today he's seated at the right hand of God the Father. And it was this key that Jesus provided as he walked and talked with them on the road. And when you listen to Jesus and hear his reality from Scripture, we see very quickly that, that there are other layers of this world than what we realize. His invisible spirit is carrying out his work, often quietly and behind the scenes, in such a way to bring out the full purposes of God that Jesus has come back to life. He's calling you to faith. He's at work in your life today and in us and in this world. Okay, to walk with Jesus himself, there's this realization we come to that there's more than what we can see, feel, and hear. But also to walk with Jesus, we realize 
that it starts with Jesus himself, even though we may not perceive or realize it. In this story, Jesus came to them. He joined up with their group, right? Cleopas and his friends were walking. He came and joined up with them. He walked up beside them. He asked them a question. They didn't know it was Jesus, but he's initiating. He's starting it all. What are you discussing together as you walk along, he said. Now watch this. After their conversation on the road, they urged Jesus to stay with them, for it was getting late. No one walks at night. They didn't have lights. And so Jesus stayed with them and ate supper with them. Then it says that Cleopas and his friends' eyes were opened, and they recognized Jesus. He's right there, right in front of him. They've been with him unknowingly for a good part of the day, talking back and forth. And now something profound happened, and they could see it was him. And for us, when we're discouraged, maybe our faith seems dry and distant. Where is Jesus in your life now? He's there. Is he asking you some questions? Is he engaging you in conversation without you realizing it's him? He's talking to you, but perhaps you don't recognize it's him. And it begins all with Jesus. That's our faith. And it, but it continues, though, with you and I taking more steps with him. There's like the question is, what is our part in all this? There's a persistence. There's a steadfastness that we're called to to continue. Take another step. It's hard. Yes. Boy, that last phase of my life hurt. Take another step. God seems distant. I'm, I'm in so much pain and discouragement. Take another step. Why is God doing this in my life? I'm confused. Take another step. It starts because Jesus is with us and continues because we're cooperating in faith with the journey. Keep listening, pursuing, inviting, so that this moment that Cleopas had, that we have, our eyes become opened. And it starts with Jesus. And we can learn about God and Jesus from his perspective. But the only way we do this is to hear his voice. And we hear his voice most clearly through his scriptures. And that brings us to the third part, is that we realize that when we walk with Jesus, there's not only more to life than what we can see, feel, and hear, and we realize that it's Jesus who initiates it, but we need to experience what Cleopas and his friends describes as the opened scriptures, the scriptures themselves that are opened. Because when we sit down, like Cleopas and his friends, and read the scriptures, our hearts burn within us. When we genuinely sit down with the Word of God and open it and, and invite Jesus to teach us from His Word, we will begin to hear from Him. And you invite Him to speak to you, to guide Him, to change you, to change your heart, your perspective, your mind. And reading the Scriptures itself directly is a discipline of itself. There's a whole world of devotions that are available to us. Online podcasts, your favorite online preacher, books. There's a whole world of encouragement and explanation of the scriptures that are available to us. 
but we should read the scriptures ourselves as well. Why not just read them for yourself? The Spirit will speak to you directly. Take the Bible and just open it. Read it. Set the timer for five minutes. Stick with it for five minutes a day. Listen to his words every day. Some people give up too easily. I, I was there. You know, I, I grew up in a Christian home and went to a Christian school and Christian university and learned philosophy and theology and took Bible study classes, but embarrassingly, I never read the scriptures myself on my own. Listen to sermon after sermon. But I felt a tug to do it. So in my early 20s, someone challenged Patty and I, hey, you guys need to be in the Word more. And read the scriptures five minutes a day. So finally, the time in my life was like, okay, I'll do it. Let's do it, Patty. And she's like, okay, I'm in. So we would get up early in the morning, get ready for work. We'd make a cup of coffee, get ready for work five minutes earlier than normal, and sit down on the couch together. And I remember the very first time we did it, we set the timer for five minutes. I started reading. I'm like, is five minutes up? This is like the longest five minutes I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> I looked at the timer, 47 seconds. Are you kidding me? This is, I don't get this. This is hard. And then the next morning was essentially the same. And, and I'm like reading this, and I'm like, I got to do five minutes at least. <laughs> but none of it is sinking in. It's not making sense. But over time, we stuck with it. And it started to become interesting. Then I started to get caught into the story and one thing connected to another. And then I remember the first morning where the timer went off and I was like, already? Wow, that went fast. And that experience of being in the scriptures and seeing within me a love developed for it and how powerful the words of God are changed our lives. And from then... You know, Patty and I, we love the scriptures. We love to read it. And the words are from scripture that tells us his word is active. It's alive. It's his breath. And it's there to guide us, to change us. As Cleopas and his friends realize, it's the open scriptures that causes our hearts to burn. It speaks to us. And this brings us to the last point, is that when we walk with Jesus, we walk with him as friends. He speaks to us. He invites us to speak to him. We call it prayer. And you walk in the language of Scripture. You walk to talk to somebody. Walking in the Scripture with someone is a, a, an act of, of friendship, maybe even intimacy. And walking with Jesus means that by the power of the Spirit, because Jesus Christ is alive, you can sense his presence at times. And to walk with him means you're reading the Bible and you're remembering that part, but you're actually sense him speaking to you. There's a times when you read it and like the words just hit you. And he's like, it's my heart burning within me. And when you pray, it's, there, times of prayer of routine are important. But during the day, there's conversation that occurred with him. And you can carry that on when you wake up in the morning and you say, thank you, Lord. May I experience your blessing today? And then you thank the Lord for breakfast, and you go to work and you thank God for your work or for your life or for your grandchildren or for your children or for your studies or for your friends. And it's this ongoing background conversation. No one else may know it, but you have this friend that you're walking with 
daily. It was all part of the plan, friends. Our sins taken away, our relationship with God reconciled, the barriers taken down because of the resurrection. Now Jesus will walk with you and you with him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that even though you are invisible, your spirit is invisible, we know by faith, by conviction, that you walk with us. Your word teaches us Your saints have testified to it, and we know it ourselves. Help us to walk faithfully with you. Help us to take each step mindful not only of your grace, but of your power and the call in our lives. Give us courage when we're discouraged. And when we don't feel like it, and it's too difficult, and it seems like a waste of time, give us another moment of steadfastness to continue. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray and walk with. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged in the message and through the work of the Spirit. Once again, if you want to learn more about Living Hope, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca.